South Africa, uh, we need to just feel that, um, that we are going to be there for each other. Yamo be there, and that's uh, James Ingram. Uh, for those of you perhaps who appreciated his music, um, this American singer, James Ingram, uh, died at the age of 66, according to um, a long-time collaborator, Debbie Allen. And uh, the cause of death uh, was not confirmed, but according to TMZ reports, um, they said that uh, the Grammy Award winner was suffering from brain cancer. I remember the last um, performance he did in South Africa uh, were at the Dome where he would forget his lines. It was just so tragic to watch and at the time he was already diagnosed um, with brain cancer. Uh, tried his best on stage um, but it was just um, a, a shocker for those who uh, had grown to love his music uh, for him to be on stage and not remember his lines um, but he had uh, very capable and able um, backup singers uh, that uh, the night was made. Um, but yeah, may his soul rest peacefully and thank you uh, for sharing your talent with us. Uh, that's James Ingram, no more. And we begin our conversation uh, this afternoon uh, with uh, looking at the effect that drought has uh, on farmers in South Africa. And Mr. Ronnie McKenzie, who's president of Farmers United South Africa, is joining us on the line right now. I mean, farmers lose thousands of rents due to drought. And uh, this is not a problem unique to South Africa. The agricultural sector in its entirety is always hardest hit by abnormal weather patterns. When it's too hot, it means people can't work uh, the field and the list goes on and on. He's joining us right now on the line. Good afternoon and welcome Mr. McKenzie. Good afternoon, Chris Alden. Good afternoon to the listeners. Thank you so much uh, for taking our call. I mean, I'm looking at these um, weather patterns. It's either extremely hot or there is a, a, a ravaging storm. Um, how, how has this impacted, especially on, on black farmers in South Africa? Oh, thank you, Chris Alden. You know, this has got a very serious impact on uh, black farmers in South Africa. You know, it's the El Nino on one side. It's human actions, how we behave that has actually brought all this environmental impacts that we find ourselves in in the world today. It's not only affecting us in South Africa, but it's across the world. And as black farmers, so-called emerging farmers, it actually hits us even the worst than any other farmers, because we are not necessarily subsidized to, mm. to actually tackle this problem. When we speak on these type of issues, it's either government comes in too late or it's never there. So let's talk about the real impact. What happens, um, for instance, looking at the drought? How is this impacting the business of farming? Let's look at uh, the current outbreak on uh, foot and mouth disease mm. in Nipopo. This was totally unnecessary. If, if only government had actually, you know, pulled up its socks and came to the rescue in time. As much as many would actually not understand or others will refuse that foot and mouth was brought about by the drought. But if you go looking at the source, how it all starts, it's, you know, where you find our, our livestock having to now mix up with uh, wildlife and share drinking holes with your buffalo and all. This is where it all starts. There's no enough for, for there's never been subsidies. If mm. government, one of the things that I'll actually want to emphasize is on government, the Department of Agriculture, 
having to be proactive than reactionary. All this could have actually been avoided. Right now, farmers are struggling like nobody's business. So, so what are the struggles um, comprising of? Uh, you did mention that uh, you find that uh, you know there's uh, having to share limited resources, um, but how has this impacted on doing um, business as a farmer? What happens to job opportunities as well? Look, let's look at the loss of jobs since January uh, 2018. Mm. We've got in excess of about 30,000 jobs lost just in the agricultural space. Look at uh, the price of beef today. Look at the sanctions on South Africa's uh, export on beef. Mm. That hits us very hard. Moreover, the small farmer who cannot afford to feed their animals, who does not have much to feed their animals, where has this outbreak started? It started with small black farmers. It's Mm. not with any commercial white farmers. So until such a time that government actually starts looking into this with much more of a serious note to saying, how do we come to the rescue of small black farmers? Mm. This is where we would be able to curb the problems that we are finding. Job creation, all such will come from uh, from the sector. Some of the problems that are highlighted are problems that have been there since time in memorial. Um, do you want to tell me that uh, there's absolutely nothing that government has p- put in place? We're talking about land redistribution right now and giving people uh, opportunities to farm, uh, that once you're given that farm, you're on your own. Look, uh, speaking and doing are two different things, Griselda. Mm. They are total opposites. Having to speak about something and doing something, it's, it's, it's a, there's a big difference. Government speaking about giving. Right now there's investigations on farms, farmlands that are in wrong hands. How then is it that government says that they are helping our people or coming to our people's rescue in terms of real farmers, black farmers that are capable of farming, but government is not actually eyeing on them, officials that are corrupt, Mm. The, the corruption is too deep, Griselda. And until government, until the president can actually even open up a commission of inquiry on, 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 on agriculture, we will then be able to get to the bottom line of where this whole corruption is. I think for me, uh, when I begin to read things like um, early estimates, uh, farmers planted around 95% of the country's yellow maize, uh, which is is mainly used to feed animals. And now between 70 and 80% of that maize, um, of the white maize, is used to feed uh, uh, humans. And where do we then find grain? All right, let's pay the bills and when we return, we hear your response. Hello, my name is Sarah Singh Moody. I am from MET Development Solutions. I am one of the recipients uh, of the grant from this year. It so happened that uh, I won 100,000 worth of equipment. I'm in the agro-processing sector, and before I won the equipment I was producing, built on. Another hippie line of Department of Economic, Small Business Development, Tourism and Environmental Affairs in the Free State. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.5 FM in Stellenbosch. 
Well, and you can add 104 to 107 FM nationwide. That's where you find us. This is at SAFM Radio, both on Twitter and Facebook. And you can hashtag SAFM Lifetime Live. We have a WhatsApp voice note uh, where you dial 0614. 104107 SMS is at 40938 charged at 150 per SMS and you can also give us a call on 0891-104207 as we reflect on the effect uh, that drought has on farmers in South Africa and joining us right now is President of uh, Farmers United South Africa also known as FUSA and uh, he's joining us uh, as uh, Mr. Ronnie McKenzie let's uh, also look at I mean Yakumare talks about uh, who's the chairman of Grain SA that uh, as the industry body that represent grain producers uh, in South Africa, how do they produce when there is devastating weather climate? Uh, what can government do to help farmers um, to, to meet this? Because it, it's now beginning to threaten food security. True that it's beginning to threaten food security, Crusinda, uh, and the man on the ground is the one that will be hard hit more than anybody else. Because if you if you remember, or if you know to that, uh, pop is our staple food in Absolutely. South Africa. And uh, we tend to share such with animals, which is maize. And when you drive around and you see all these maize fields, you start thinking, for those that don't know, start thinking that it's for human consumption. And mainly that is for animal feed. Hmm. So when you're speaking about these huge commercial farmers, they, they are more privy than smaller farmers. Smaller farmers need resources, your pivot systems. Mm. These big farmers, they've got pivot systems, they've got things that combat against climate change. Not to say that they are, uh, they are managing everything, however they stand in a better position because they've got access to funds. They are subsidized in one way or the other. They belong to big organizations. With small organizations like ours, we can barely assist our farmers when it comes to challenges of drought, where our crop farmers need tunnels, you know, to have more of a controlled environment when it comes to such situations. But when it comes to farmers, you know, they can still sustain, but Mm. for a certain period. The biggest challenge lies with smaller farmers, and in the main smaller farmers are black farmers, who are so-called emerging farmers. So what do we then do? Who do we run to? To land banks, they will turn you down. You go, whichever route you try to take, there's always some blockade of the other. So it's it's really a sad case. Until such a time that we can have an understanding ministry of agriculture, Mm. then I think we will see a difference for black farmers in South Africa. And is is it fair to refer to farmers as imagine? Um, Is there uh, a time period, time frame, uh, when it's going to stop being imagine and and regard, um, you know, farming as a business? As you heard when I was speaking on this, I'm saying old because I'm I'm not too content to be called an emerging farmer. I've come into the industry finding... My seniors, black farmers, forever emerging. They're still emerging till now. So when is it that they become farmers? Mm. And this is only used amongst our black farmers, emerging farmers. So it's, 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 it's really a sad case. How do we then, what do we then do? How do we get to that commercialization as our white counterparts? Talking about white counterparts, I'd like to broaden it and look at um, international benchmarks. Uh, what Are they struggling the same challenges? 
they are struggling. However, you must remember they they've started on a good note. Most of them, their farms, it is they are fully paid. They are able to utilize their farms for collateral to getting money from banks. They 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 stand a better chance than with 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 our farmers. Our farmers are sitting on some of them are sitting on government farms which are leased, which they do not have title deeds. Mm-hmm. Some have bought their farms. It's still a struggle to pay the bond on the farm, and still farm. It's it's a real deep black hole that one has got to actually get yourself out. And it can only happen if we have the assistance of government. Mm-hmm. And in other countries, they're subsidized. You look at your first world countries, they're subsidized heavily by government. I don't understand how come we not subsidize. The apartheid government subsidized our white farmers big time. They just walked into a farm and started farming. With us, you get a farm. After getting a farm, you must still worry about how do you buy seeds, how do you buy your fertilizer, how do you erect a borehole. All those type of things, it's still part of what you need to still do. This case is a high failure, again, of black farmers because you've got to work on one side to be able to actually sustain the other. How do you uh, divide yourself? You on one side. The workers on the farm are stealing your things. This is happening on side. Whereas in white farmers, they are second generation, third generation in the know-how. They've, they've got retailers backing them. Some of them are owners of these retailers, which mm. these retailers on one side also put us back as black farmers with all sorts of things of shapes, sizes, colors of what we eat. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. This I don't think with what we will be able to speak now will give justice to the debate in terms of agriculture. The time is too short, but it's it's really a painful industry to be in as a black person in South Africa. But surely something has to give, and I'd like um, to believe that uh, within, uh, I mean, your pain is felt, um, that within the conversations that that have been heard, there must be some ear, someone willing uh, to listen and ensure that, uh, you know, all these issues that uh, you've highlighted as, as farmers uh, are being addressed. It, it just doesn't make sense that so many years later, uh, we still speak about the same things. And uh, Drought is is a natural disaster that um, you can't say it's due to negligence uh, from the farming sector. All right, let's take a break. When we return, uh, we take your calls on 0891-104-207. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Here's Rolani Tulo with uh, headlines. All right, uh, taking your calls right now, 0891-104-207. And joining us on the line is Mr. Roni McKenzie, who is a president of uh, Farmers United South Africa. And we're talking about the impact of uh, uh, drought uh, that uh, that it, drought has uh, on farmers in South Africa, the impact and the effect uh, it has. And uh, we're taking your WhatsApp voice notes as well. Um, WhatsApp voice note number is 0614-104-107. Now, you amongst um, many, Mr. McKenzie, you are amongst those who are calling for um, younger and younger farmers um, to heed the call and, and take this on as a business. So how can young people see this as an option when... I mean, you. I mean, your pain is felt. Oh, what well, is the point of being a farmer? We need young farmers. Actually, farming is not for the old, Crusilda. It takes a lot of energy. You cannot say you're going to retire into farming. You know, retire mainly it's when you are about 50, 60, 
you cannot retire into farming. You need to start farming whilst you're young to understand what is it all about, to understand the business aspect of farming, to be able to run around. To It, it takes a lot. It needs energy. And I encourage our young people to get into the industry, to fight together with us as the Farmers United of South Africa, to change the status quo. It cannot remain this way forever. We need to fight together to having our government understand our needs more over resources. We're speaking about land today, yet we have not prepared our people to get it into the industry properly. We have challenges in, in, in education mm. where we find that the doors of, of learning are still closed in certain sectors of education that relates to farming. How then are we speaking about, uh, uh, how then do we really get our people to understand what we need to do as a country, as young farmers? We need to get everybody on board at the end of the day. However, we need an understanding government over and above everything else. All right, let's take your messages uh, right now. We begin uh, with a WhatsApp voice note and uh, we'll take some of your SMSs and you can also dial 0891-104-207 talking about the effect uh, that drought has on uh, South African farmers. Good afternoon, SAFM. Your guest is very correct. Uh, but he's not. there's something that's not correct in what was just stated. There is negligence from the farming community in not being able to see that the effects of climate change. I wish I could offer more concrete solutions, perhaps agroecology as part of how to expand the farming infrastructure away from static items like boreholes and stuff, working with nature. It can combat the big problems also. That's my, my, my contribution from Khalid in, in Durban. Thank you very much, Khalid. Uh, my daughter says, I think it's time the weather forecasters uh, warn farmers how the weather will be and what crop they will uh, plant uh, in that particular year. Uh, sorghum crop is the best uh, currently. And let's take your calls. Uh, Malcolm, oh, we start with Robin Johannesburg. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, my comment is a kind of, it's a two twofold comment. The one is, the politics of uh, farming, etc., in this country is fraught with all kinds of emotional difficulties because on the one hand, this government has um, pretty much ignored the, the agricultural sector, not supported either neither white nor black farmers, which absolutely astounds me. And what's so interesting is that the Africana, which is the, the, makes up the most, the, the bulk of the, of the farming community in South Africa, is regarded in the rest of the world as one of the best farmers in the world, and they're being invited to go to other countries in Africa to farm there, and they're being given all kinds of grants to do so, and yet there's no stimulus package to uh, to foster um, black farmers, uh, maybe uh, mentored by white farmers, mm. etc. There's no partnership between black and white farmers, and I can't believe it's almost beyond belief that this government has, seems to have taken uh, a, a completely disinterested view of the, the entire um, project and subject. But my my main contribution here is the big elephant in the room with regards to climate change is meat. Mm. Meat and animal, animal farming and animal husbandry. So my advice to the world and certainly to this country is just eat less meat. Stop growing crops for meat because meat is the biggest contributor to climate change on earth. Period. There's no discussion about it. The the farming of, of, of 
of animals uh, intensively globally is the biggest single contributor of uh, towards climate change and this is something that nobody wants to talk about because uh, the, the the majority of the population of this country is addicted to meat Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Rob. And I, I believe that I'm going to be one of those people who will be so grumpy without meat. Uh, surely something has to give. Let's go to Malcolm in Cape Town. Good afternoon. Yeah, hi. I just wanted to comment that. Uh, first of all, I think um, the land issue and the farming issue are two separate issues. Giving somebody land ownership or subsistence farming is completely different from actually becoming a farmer. Farmers are highly qualified people. They have instinct, they're mechanical engineers, they're pesticide experts. There's all sorts, years and years of training and experience. And then you hear somebody on the radio blaming the previous government for problems with farming today. Yet the ANC has been in power for 25 years. A kid who started at school in pre-primary would be coming out as a qualified farmer. So giving land to unqualified people who don't know what equipment to buy, what seeds to buy, what pesticide to buy, who aren't part of you know, the market to be able but to Malcolm, you, you're talking about challenges broadly within the farming sector, and we are focusing specifically in, in the impact and the effects of uh, drought. Any yes, contribution I on that? that? Your last, your one speaker came on, and he mentioned that everybody mentions the problems with the previous government, the problems with the Afrikaners, the problems with white people. It's, it's always the problems. But 25 years later, black farmers should exist and and you've got guys on the radio who are moaning that there's no young black farmers but how many of them are going to college you can't become a farmer by getting land so you need to educate people getting land doesn't make you a farmer a farmer is a highly skilled person with years of experience generations of experience i mean i've planted stuff in my garden and it dies i wouldn't ask for land to be a farmer but everybody's confusing the land issue with the farming issue and yes, global warming is a challenge, but there's plenty of research available. So plant the right crops. Uh, I don't necessarily agree that you know stopping meat production will save the planet. I, I think there's other problems beside that. And people aren't going to stop eating meat, so that's kind of unrealistic. But um, yeah, deal with the farming issue and stop moaning about how people are being disadvantaged when the current government for 25 years is doing nothing. Got you, Malcolm. I mean, they're, they're not educating people. A farmer takes years and years and years of experience to be successful, not just money. You can yeah. throw, give him land. Throw Knowledge as well. We Absolutely. take your point. And it's essential that they go to college and then are mentored. You can't just go and be mentored. I mean, I can't even go grow daisies if I'm mentored. I mean, it's a complicated issue. Farming is a highly skilled practice. It's not a matter of just throwing seeds in the ground anymore. And you it's believe that skilled. the current black farmers don't have uh, the necessary skills uh, to take on farming? No, they don't. And it's not their fault. I'm willing to, to concede that. It's not their fault. Facilities and colleges and additional things have to be made available for them so that they can study and be qualified and then take their part in in the world as farmers. Yes, we should Got give you. them land because Thank it's you. being withheld. Thank you very much for that contribution and unsigned SMS. Crisalda, uh, as a white farmer, I'm getting more and more offended uh, with your speaker. He needs to get his facts accurate. He throws in so many false statements as if uh, they are truth. He's a racist. Uh, he says, your racist attitude stinks. Ronnie, your response to all these <clears throat> inputs that we've had um, about uh, coming up with partnerships and having uh, black farmers being mentored by white farmers and the fact that uh, there's skills uh, shortage uh, with, amongst black farmers. You don't know how to do farming. Thank you, Chrisilda. I would like to answer to Malcolm as it's listening now on the radio. I want to give him a challenge to just 
you know, visit one of our universities of this country called University of Pretoria, where their criteria has got a way of actually keeping blacks out of learning uh, subjects like veterinarian science, agronomy, and so on, or any other university. So he can have a full understanding why one brings in white into the discussion. Our white people, they are those that understand and can see and are willing to work with black people in this country to move this country forward. But there are those that feel strongly that certain industries do not belong to our black people. That is the unfortunate white people that would call us to say we are racist when we speak. Some of these things that we speak on, they cannot take them because they know who they truly are. You know, it's just now the other day, one white gentleman acknowledged his racism on national television. And for that, I applaud him because many are now nowhere to be found all of a sudden. So today when we speak about matters or issues that affect this country, others come, they want to be defensive on saying we are racist. But getting back to the subject matter, uh, Chrysilda, on, on drought, yes, this is something that is hitting us all. However, these that have got the opportunity, the privileges of having resources put forth for them because they've got collateral, they've got all that, it makes it much more easier for them to have access to many things that our black farmers do not have access to. So uh, I'm yet to hear of our white people that can speak truth to power Mm. on things that are happening today in our country, in the agriculture space. And let me just uh, read a Facebook message from Mujalefa. Um, He says, hi, I'm afraid this problem is uh, nature-based. Given everyday poverty caused by greed and stubbornness of leaders um, who like leading but uh, have terrible, are terrible for leading. And uh, so nature reprimands heavily for that um, and and causes God, causes God is a way... uh, are going on. I was hoping that someone could just rephrase this um, because it's a difficult read. Uh, why would he want to save us uh, since we don't want to save ourselves? Very complicated message. Uh, if you can just kindly rephrase and uh, so we understand the context. Uh, and I guess it's it's all about um, God saying we deserve the kind of leaders uh, we have. Uh, God will not save us uh, because uh, we've placed people that are not supposed to be in leadership positions. Your conclusion, uh, Mr. McKenzie, and uh, if you can give us contact details of Farmers United uh, South Africa for those perhaps who would like to come up with solutions and suggestions as we address these challenges. Uh, Chrysilda, as much as many would also deny, you know, yes, nature is coming to fetch of matters of the climate that is so unusual. Big industries, who owns these big interests? Industries. It goes back again to our white people. They are the capital. They are the ones that actually cause all this that we find ourselves in. But let me not actually take the subject there. Uh, Chrysilda, touching uh, topic where, you know, others would want to throw in uh, denial of uh, situations that are on the ground, which is a reality. Our mm. government is found wanting because of things that have been done in a way that they were done under apartheid. It's not easy for our government to actually get things done. 
However, again, corruption has crept up, which is the saddest part again. Yes, we need our white farmers. We need to work hand in hand with our white farmers. However, are there of those white farmers that are willing to work hand in hand without coming with milking government? Because most of them are milking government in consultation fees. Yeah. Uh, do they have the interest to part knowledge to say, here is Ronnie McKenzie, he just moved in here to this area. I'm a white farmer, let me show him. No, you don't handle a tract in this way. I guess, uh, like you said, Mr. McKenzie, that this time is not going to be enough for us to address all these challenges. There's just so much more to still talk about because you raised the issue about the university entrance and an unsigned SMS comes through once again that my son applied to study agriculture at NMMU and uh, was told upfront that only 10% students could, should be white and uh, how can your speaker then say the institutions keep black people out of universities well I guess these are problems that as a country we need to start addressing that's where we end uh, do you have a uh, website may, may I just give our contact details eh? please quickly uh, we've run out yeah, of time you may go on to our website which is www alright uh, it's www.fusa united Yeah. No, United dot Thank you, sir. You'll find all the details that are needed. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you very much. That's Mr. Ronnie McKenzie, President of Farmers United South Africa. That's where we end this conversation. And uh, coming up next is Words of Wisdom with May Von Hame talking, facing those challenges.